Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast Live bonus episode. How many more adjectives can I add onto that? I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. That's Matt Lieb. Hey, I'm here again. You might have seen him on Good Mythical Morning. Mm -hmm, the Star Wars show. Uh, I was getting there. Okay. News Broke, uh -huh. which is a show that is coming back on AJ Plus in the fall. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it is coming back. And uh, so for those of you who feel the need to ask us, hey, what happened to News Broke? It's back. <laughs> Again. <laughs> My favorite part about News Broke ending is we made a really big deal about yeah, it yeah, uh, yeah. when it did. And and. Now, every time we release a new video, there's always someone who will straight up, in response to a new video, be like, man, I miss News Broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're watching it. It's the new one. and It's right there. It's right there. We, the, look at the timestamp. Yeah, look at the time. The problem is, is that I think uh, we thought the show was going to be over at one point um, yes. in 2018 because, uh, you know, AJ Plus had moved to DC and we're like, we're not moving in DC. And then... We said a, we did a goodbye episode. Yeah, we milked that shit for all it was worth. Yeah, and then they were like, hey, you want to do it in L.A.? And we were like, yep. <laughs> and uh, ever since, people have been like, when's News Broke coming back? It's been back over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's coming back. But this is the Bituation Room, OBS. And we have such a good show because we're going to talk all about what's going on in Portland. Um, and the, uh, you know, sort of, Pinochet-like. Um, mm. It's my favorite type of wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A nice Pinochet. Mm. Mm. An mm, oaky yes. Pinochet. An oaky, just sort of veiny authoritarian. Uh -huh. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just liver spots. <laughs> yes. And uh, a steel boot. Mm -hmm. And helicopters killing people. <laughs> Dark. Um, but I, but so we're talking all about Portland and uh, a, a friend and journalist, Arun Gupta, is here. I'm so excited to have him on. And I'm just happy to see everybody here. By the way, this is only for YouTube, Twitch, and the podcast. All those Facebook boomers oh, yeah. can eat a, I don't know what. Bowl of dicks. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like that you tried not to say that, and then I just said it out loud. Well, because I remembered that actually when we ask for tips on this show, it's mostly the people on Facebook who give. Uh, oh, yeah. People on Facebook, they're older, and older people love to uh, give unsolicited advice because oh, they're older. Yeah. And they're, and one of the you know things of advice is you could swear less. Oh, yeah. that's that's I get that all the time. Please don't swear. It's so weird. I can't. This is the unrated bituation room. Yeah. We're going to say fuck, and no one's going to tell us not to do it. Not even you, Mom. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, uh, we have to bitch about something. Quick bitch. Yeah. Bonus episode. Quick bitch. Are you ready? I'm ready for yours. Okay. Matt Lieb. I, I got a quick bitch. Quick um, bitch. It's uh, based on an article that uh, I saw today. Um, it said the United States could see 500,000 fewer births in 2021 due to COVID. And it was an article that framed this as a disaster. And I said to myself, this is the only good news that we have had <laughs> in the longest time. Fewer babies. Why is that good news? It's good news. Because babies get big. Babies get big and they become little tiny fascists. Everyone who's born. No. They start not... believing in Q conspiracy. Exactly. As soon as you, you're born, you start queuing. That's what uh, I think Shakespeare said that. No, but... <laughs> 
but it's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we're a land of finite resources, not talking about America. I'm talking about Earth, the planet. And uh, we could use a little bit of, you know, uh, a reduction in babies. Now, of course, it was framed as like an economic problem. It was like, oh, you know, because it's true that having less of a population can hurt your economy and can hurt, you know, like social programs and this and that. But I'm like, I don't know. I could take a one year break from I, seeing my friend's baby photos. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to think about why it's an ec economic problem. Like, I know it's just like less cheap labor for Walmart. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but. I'm also like fewer mouths to feed. Yeah. Fewer baby photos. <laughs> fewer baby photos. Uh, less pressure to have a baby. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it's like it's spread evenly between everyone because it's usually just us. We're That's just actually kind of bullshit. I think there's way more pressure to have a baby. If someone sees that you've been with someone for like three months, they're like, oh, you're in a stable relationship. Got to procreate. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the moms and children of men, how fucking obnoxious they oh, must be? Oh, my God. Just like as like that is how children of men started. It mm -hmm. was uh, uh, Michael Douglas saying he wouldn't go down on women uh -huh. and then moms getting on their daughter's cases or son's cases about when am I going to be a grandma? Yeah. Then COVID hits. Fuck you. Yeah. You have to think about that movie from the perspective of Jewish mothers specifically <laughs> who are just like, what do you mean? No one's going to have a baby. <laughs> like that is that's uh, ooh, that's bad. Um, all right. I'm going to bitch about something. It's so basic. <clears throat> Go ahead. Be basic. Bitch ass Bill Barr. Oh, uh, he's a bitch. I fucking hate Bill Barr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the worst. Can we can we just. Can we just like so there was a you know a, a hearing with Bill Barr in uh -huh. it, which was like, are you corrupt? Which, first of all, let's just bitch about how partisan these hearings are. Like, I'm definitely not the person. I think a lot of media is like, you know, wow, it's like they were talking past one another. The Democrats didn't let him get a single word in. It's like, yeah, because he's a goon. Yeah, he's a hired goon. We all know that he's a loyalist. Yeah, and the point. This is the point is to do exactly what Pramila Jayapal did. Mm -hmm. Use it as an opportunity to point out his hypocrisy in front of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if someone said uh, $20 admission, you get to uh, go and yell at Attorney General William Barr uh, for 10 minutes, I, I would uh, in a second. Just to get the oh, yeah. chance to yeah, that's like why I would run for Congress. Honestly, yeah, it makes sense to spend lots and lots of money to become a congressperson so that you can yell at people that are just destroying the world. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's look. I think Congress, especially Democrats, are uh, their hands are tied by the GOP, by congressional leaders. So that's all you got. Yeah, yeah, it's what you have. You got your two minutes of questioning. Reclaim all your time. Reclaim that time, girl. But Bill Barr, mm. if you guys watched it, he was he was so 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 obnoxious. He completely yeah. he was talking all over the questions. He was super defensive and just like once again in this administration of obvious corrupt like assholes. You're just. It is so clear by their behavior. Like it would take nothing on his part to be just quiet, just answer yes or no, mm -hmm. just preserve some dignity. But it goes to show how how um, much impunity there is right now because he's talking back. 
Um, he is feels it's his right to do so. Yeah. And also said, you know, would you respect the results of the election? And he was like, yeah, if they were shown to be fair, yes. Yeah. Like nobody. That's not an answer. Yeah. It's just yes or no. It's just yes. In fact, there is just one answer. It's yes. It's not. If they were correct. I mean, if it was, if it was, mm -hmm. if it seemed like there wasn't any meddling, yeah. but uh, we're working on a plan right now. So yeah. Give I me mean, time. Honestly, it really is like, uh, it is a real question about whether or not this administration would give up power peacefully if they were voted out. It's, and the fact that that's even a question just proves that we're in a timeline that doesn't deserve more babies. You know what oh, I mean? There you go. Yeah. We don't need no more babies. Sorry to bring back the baby bust again, but you know, I'm just like, it's, it is a, it's a real question. Like, is, is this administration going to give up power if they lose? And I really can't answer that. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I think all the administration officials who've spoken about that have not been determinative. They have not been, mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't been open and shut. Jared was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I love Bimbo Jared. It's a great voice. Yeah. Hey, it's me, Jared. Could I'm going to solve the Middle East. Could you guys just like stop fighting? I, I was thinking about it. And what if um, Israel and Palestine was cool? And to the Palestinian people, I just say like, shh. Yeah. And Israel, could you just do whatever you want with impunity and have people not yell at me about it. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I'd like to talk about my 16 step skincare routine. <laughs> oh God. He definitely has a 16 step skincare routine. I mean, if you can call that skin, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's I'm not trying to be flesh over the robot. I know. That's the thing. I, I'm not one of those, like, you know, the, the, yeah, you know, rich people are lizards, but <laughs> they are. <laughs> you know? uh, th that was in quotes if you're listening as a podcast in the future. Rich people are lizards, quotes. Those are air quotes and so therefore sarcastic. Uh, yeah, but fuck Bar, that Barney Rubble authoritarian <laughs> piece of shit. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm swearing a lot. Sorry. I'm glad we're not on Facebook. Oh, they would be so mad. But speaking of authoritarianism and, uh, green lights to repress one's own population, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that we are now basically a failed state as a country. Um, and I, I want to move over to Portland. I think a lot of people have been following, uh, what's going on. Some have not been some, I think like myself, we're late to it because, uh, we didn't, we weren't searching for local media, which I think has done a really good job of covering it. National media, not so much. Mm. Um, but so for over two months, there's been 62 consecutive days of demonstrations, uh, obviously spurred by the killing of George Floyd. Um, and Trump deployed U.S. Marshals and Customs and Border Patrol. Um, I, I don't know exactly when, but of, as of a few weeks ago, after they did so in Seattle, um, if I don't know if you guys remember, like Seattle was the first to enjoy just like cloudfuls of tear gas. Then that moved to Portland. Now that is going to be deployed to cities across the country, including Memphis, Albuquerque, Chicago, Baltimore, as a push to supposedly crack down on crime. Mm. Um, 
A lot of people are calling this Trump's secret police. Once again, remember these two entities function under Customs and Border Patrol and the U.S. Marshals function under the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, which is the biggest department, federal department in the country. It's huge. Mm -hmm. So when someone talks about defunding the police or defunding Border Patrol, they don't know. They have so much fucking time and resources and machinery to repress us. They don't know what they're doing. They literally are like, they they are twiddling their thumbs. They have so much of our taxpayer dollars. It is really the only thing keeping us from full-fledged fascism is the fact that the federal government and law enforcement agencies are run by people who use Facebook incorrectly. <laughs> like if they knew how to use any of the, uh, you know, military-grade technology that they have for, you know, spying and for like, you know, crowd control and all the you know, weapons, uh, research weapons, uh, if they knew how to use any of it, uh, we'd be dust. But, uh, you know, they can't even ignore a phishing email that steals all of their passwords. So that was Podesta, though. But yes, I mean, I'm including Podesta in that as well. I'm just talking about old people in general. If it wasn't run by old people, these computers would be used to destroy us. (laughs) Lizard people. That's why China's got an advantage in Russia, because everyone, right? It's just like, behind the wizard of oz curtain it's just a bunch of 12 year olds yeah because both those countries uh i assume uh you know use younger people in their government uh when it comes to computer stuff whereas like here it's all favors for favors you know but yeah we got to take it to the streets to repress um anyway uh so uh, apparently also this week chad wolf the acting dhs secretary uh, who's been talking to the Oregon governor, and it looks like this extra police, these Customs and Border Patrol and U.S. Marshals will be leaving and replaced by Oregon State Police. Um, so I, what what that means, I would like to put to our guest, who has been on the ground in Portland um, and has been reporting from there, uh, and also is just a great follow on Twitter, uh, and is a friend of mine from back in the day in New York when we would organize together circa Iraq war protest, WTO, global justice movement. This is some deep uh, New York activist, homie, um, the original cantankerous lefty, I think. <laughs> He's a journalist. He has written for The Washington Post, The Intercept, The Daily Beast, Jacobin. He has a book coming out in a couple years. Because, you know, listen to this title. It's going to take him a while. It's called Bacon as a Weapon of Mass Destruction. Please welcome Mr. Arun Gupta. Hey, great to be with you guys. <laughs> great uh, to have you. Yeah. Um, Arun, you're currently in Portland. You're stuck Yeah, there. yeah. I got trapped here. I got trapped here a couple of months ago. And uh, I was supposed to come back to New York. And I was like, you know, I'm having second thoughts about getting on an airplane. And uh, yeah. Going uh, into the epicenter of the plague, and yeah. um, what made you go out there initially? I come out to the West Coast a lot. It's it's I just enjoy it. Um, there's also a lot of good reporting up and down the West Coast uh, that I do. Um, Seattle, L.A., uh, Portland. Um, I've been uh, good for him. How much of it had to do with uh, how good our weed is, bro? <laughs> Oh, 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 totally. I, oh, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I am uh, the uh, weed taster for the Financial Times. Oh, know? nice. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. jest, but I feel like that's a role you could get in like 10 years, Arun, if uh, 
you no, know, no, no, we, no, no, the Denver Post like three years ago hired a guy to be the weed reviewer. That's a that's amazing. I'm going to drop all of my equipment. She was so taken <laughs> aback that she just threw all of the recording equipment off the table. That's amazing. Yeah. Weed taster. <laughs> but but Portland has seltzer, which is really important if you're from New York. Like uh, when I first started coming out a few years ago, they they had no seltzer game. Now they got seltzer. Oh, that's seltzer. good. You brought out the seltzer. Seltzer is such a specific drink. Yeah, it's because uh, it's it's di- people. A lot of people think seltzer is just bubbly water, but it's not. No, no, it's no. So much no. more than that. It's uh, yeah. terrible. It's 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 it's, 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 it's like uh, no, it's like antifa on your tongue. You know? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Just, just tiny punching, little Molotov cocktails yeah, in your tongue, punching all the little taste bud Nazis, and you're just yep. like, ouch. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of white. Cl- I mean, I, I was looking back at the Portland PD saying, "Look at all the things we recovered from." <laughs> right. You know the protests. A half-eaten apple and a white claw. You know what? A full white claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you know, white claw is a new Pepsi. They, they, it was there was Kylie Jenner was in the crowd and uh-huh. was just saying, like, "Here, officer, you know, yeah. this is a pe- peace gesture." You know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. She's trying to get that deal right now. I, I exactly. shit you not. Arun, no, just tell me, you know, we've been on the streets together in a few demonstrations, but all very generally (laughs) tame, not, not always, but what, what has this been like? Has it felt different? And, and just what's, what's it been like on the streets? Oh my God. It is, um, so it's not a war. There's a, a international war correspondent, one of these like uh, crusty Brits who's spent decades hopscotching from war zone to war zone, and now he's in Portland covering. And so I was like, "How's this compared to a real war?" And he he's like, "You know, well, he's like a real war has a, a more machetes and uh, dead bodies." Yeah. You know, so so but fireworks. Yeah, the only way to describe it is a war zone. But I want to like back up since we're talking about Nazis and and give a little bit of context. Folks probably have heard that Oregon is this like super racist state structurally, not like you just got some some people who use uh, sling the N word. Um, it was founded as a white supremacist state. It is so racist that its current police force includes this guy, Captain Kruger, Mark Kruger, Mm -hmm. who about 20, so one of the highest ranking officials about 20 years ago, he was caught nailing uh, plaques of fallen Nazis to trees in a park that creating a Nazi war memorial in the Portland area, he called this an Ehrenbaum or an honor tree. The the guy the guy was also um, a, a friend of his shared videos of him posing in German uniforms and said as uh, kids they would like drive around and like yell Zeke Heil at black people. So this guy, by all accounts, is like a full blown Nazi, a senior ranking official. The city tried to discipline him, and in the end, they ended up expunging his record and paying him a settlement. Wow. The, yeah, this is Google it. Mark Kruger Nazi Memorial. So it's and, not and, just the uh, wildlife refuge dudes. Yeah, it's yeah. all sorts of where, where I was at, people. right? You know, where I, I was, I was at at the Bundy occupation uh, for the last week. So, you know, and those guys were like 
acquitted, right? You know, it's just like, hey, yeah. you can you can go in with like you know massive uh, uh, armaments, you know, uh, take over this federal land, and you'll still get care packages, and you'll be acquitted because you know you're you're upstanding white folks. But if you throw a half eaten apple at uh, uh, some federal uh, military uh, units, um, you're like a terrorist number one. Uh, yeah, and they'll throw you into an, an unmarked van. It's uh, exactly. Yeah. So the people have to understand, like the context for this is that the Portland police were being completely brutal. This is why protests were going on night after night after night, these Black Lives Matter protests, because, you know, in a lot of city, it's just like the police are like, oh, you're protesting against police brutality here, have some more. Um, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In Portland, they were using tear gas, rubber bullets, pepper balls. It got so bad that the ACLU had to sue them over how many journalists and legal observers that were caught, who were uh, filmed being beaten, gassed, um, and arrested by the Portland police after they identify themselves. So being like, hello, yeah, this is this is within the last two months. So this is before the federal police. I'm sorry to interrupt. Right. Before they came right. in, right? Exactly. So this is the whole context why the feds are here in the first place because of the brutality of the Portland police, totally racist. Um, you know they. You know, people can look at my reporting on the Intercept Raw story elsewhere, as well as, you know, uh, plenty of other journalists. I would particularly point out uh, Jason Wilson, who's been covering this for years at The Guardian, Katie Shepard, who's now at The Washington Post. She was covering this all at the Willamette Week about how the Portland police were, in effect, collaborating with these white nationalists who were coming to Portland and having these riots. And it was absolutely insane. It was, it, you know, like there were reporters who were like, I was in Charlottesville and these riots were worse than what I saw in wow. Charlottesville. You're and talking this was about sort of over the years as Portland has become kind of this hub for a lot of right wingers to, to sort of, hey, we know there's a lefty center. Right. We're going to go in and put the kibosh on that. You mean leading yeah. up to this moment? So, yeah, this this starts, you know, the recent history starts in 2017. I wrote a piece explaining the background in The Intercept called Rietlandia. Just look that up. The, the, the quick story is the Pacific Northwest has historically been this uh, site of uh, um, a white identity, a Christian identity, neo-Nazis, because it is, is so white. Um, but then in Portland area, there's grown up to, uh, there's developed this significant anti-fascist resistance. The Wobblies were, of course, very strong here at the beginning of the century. So it has that legacy as the well. Wobblies? Yeah. So the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The industrial workers of the world. IWW. You know. Oh, they were called Wobblies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dope, yeah. The dope yeah. name. It's a dope name, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. One one big union, you know. Yeah. Um, so in any case, so starting in 2017, Portland becomes this kind of staging ground for white nationalist rallies, uh, Patriot Prayer, Proud Boys. In 2018, they become these totally just insane riots that the Portland police abet. I was at one riot in uh uh, August of 2018, where the Portland police attacked 
the anti-fascists, they just unleash this bu uh, barrage of uh, potentially deadly munitions. I don't even like to use the term less lethal, right? Mm -hmm. Because they can, they can kill these flashbang grenades, the tear gas canisters, the rubber bullets, all these things. They, they can kill and uh, uh, they do kill uh, frequently. So they unleash it. Um, uh, they... I hit this guy in the back of the head. Uh, the only reason he wasn't killed was because it was its helmet. Helmet saved him. It punched through the helmet oh, and, wow. still, and still gave him a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, right? Wow. And so there, there were other people who were also severely injured. I wrote about that for the Daily Beast so you know folks could uh, find that. But what that did is so you had anti-fascists, cops and then like 500 and i was among these like fascist white nationalist neo-confederates they're openly walking with all sorts of weapons knives axes cans of bear spray a lot of them have backpacks and you know likely packing mm -hmm. weapons and plus the smallest penises yeah yeah <laughs> well you gotta well, compensate you right. gotta compensate somewhere yeah it's the lightest it's the easiest part to carry it's uh it's a you know if you're not packing down there then you gotta pack up here you know what i mean <laughs> exactly so cops attack the anti-fascists that allows a fascist to come into the city and start attacking people. And uh -huh. it's just like, you know, this is like pretty, you know, if it's not intentional, it's intentional. Right. You know? So this is the background for the current protests um, and the police violence and why yet again Portland has become this kind of testing ground for fascism. Mm. Right. Um, so, and where have the white nationalists been this whole time? Are they like standing by like, hell yeah. Are they infiltrating? Are they like. Or are they all in uh, ice uniforms right now currently? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. And it was also in 2018 was where uh, the whole Occupy Ice movement started in Portland as well. Right. Um, that and they were they were showing up there uh, trying to provoke people. They They've been laying pretty i mean in the major urban areas they've been laying pretty low um they'll sometimes come out and try to provoke people it's more in the rural areas yeah sure so, so in the state of oregon uh, the washington post uh, a couple of weeks ago had this article about how in over you know black lives matter has spread to small towns mm -hmm. and over in over 60 uh small towns in oregon um these like armed uh, white nationalist militias have either uh, come out with guns or or threatened uh, uh, protesters uh, with violence. Over sixty towns, you know, in just in in Oregon. So like people right. like Portlandia is. I'm mean, sorry, it's the worst goddamn show in in the world because <laughs> uh, because it's just like it's, it's misrepresentative. It because you yeah these it's a again it's a liberal progressive town or even neighborhoods inside of a town a city then surrounded by predominantly white and fairly conservative if not very conservative yeah every time i've traveled up to portland to do like comedy shows or bridgetown uh, uh it's always like sh you're driving up to portland and it's just sheep and confederate flags and you're like oh this isn't what i thought oregon was and then you get to oregon uh, to portland and you're like oh I, I must be safe but then you are surrounded <laughs> 
surrounded by a sea of white faces and you're like this feels the same <laughs> and it's it's a strange, are these vegans friendly it's a strange feeling because you say oregon was founded as a kind of a white nationalist state and not much has changed is is kind of the feeling of it like well i mean it it's so it, it was founded so it was illegal for black and mixed race people to live there uh-huh. um under the state constitution mm-hmm. originally at one point in like the 1850s they were supposed to be flogged every six months publicly flogged if they were found living yeah no shit you know it's, a, it's well, well basically you know every every state um flogging. Rest cool. of the, yeah flogging uh-huh mississippi uh was, was founded as as like this white supremacist sure era. Sure, they kept you know, on moving. They're like, here, there'll be no people of color. Wait, you guys move. Now, now yeah. there'll be no people of color. Um, like, can I just like, ask you back to just what's going on now? Because before we get too deep, I, I want to talk about the people who are on the in the streets. Like, we've seen these walls of moms. We've seen these walls of veterans. We saw that Navy vet get brutalized after he was trying to go up to a police officer and ask him a question, right? Like, um, who are the kinds of people on the streets and maybe sort of like racial makeup? I know that Portland's only something like 6% black. These protests are effectively Black Lives Matter protests. Are you seeing that reflected in in who is out there? Well, it's, it's you know, I, I've been going out the, the last uh, couple of weeks when it became clear that, uh, you know, uh, these events are not super spreaders of of the Rona, and uh, virtually everyone is masked up because they're getting gassed by the cops. So sure. it is it is absolutely astonishing to see like a city in rebellion. This is like a middle, you know. It's just like everyone now is Antifa. I mean, <laughs> it's doctors and lawyers and chefs and 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 teachers and 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 teamsters and homeless youths and and drifters and it's led, you know, Black Lives Matter is very much in the forefront. And of course, you know, it's important not to lose um, uh, focus of that. But it has also become a, about the basic right uh, to protest. But the police violence, which before, you know, the ACLU was just like, the protests have been overwhelmingly peaceful, the Portland police have responded with the indiscriminate use of force, and their tactics keep getting more and more severe. The the federal police are even more violent. And um, so I was, they are shooting munitions directly at people's head, right? The first incident, so the Portland the federal police, as near as folks can figure out, start appearing on the streets assaulting people on July 1st. That's mm-hmm. a first re- report. It's July 12th when they shoot the young man, Donovan LaBella, in the head. He's okay. standing across the street from him, you know, doing his John Cusack high fidelity, holding up a speaker. Right. You know, the feds like shoot some munition at him. He leans over, picks it up, just tosses it a few feet goes back to holding up the speaker and boom. And, you know, they, they, it was horrifying. They nearly killed him. Um, so that's a first instance. Then a few days later, we, we get, you know, the, the grainy Pinochet footage of, you know, the yeah. secret police, like scooping people up and uh, tossing them into unmarked 
vans. And that's what really caused national attention to explode. Before then, the protests were actually down to like, I, um, I, I was going, I, I started going out uh, slightly before that, and they were down to like um, a few hundred, but even those had grown because it was getting a lot of local attention. Right. right? That's something that I, I think is really interesting is that, you know, we, when you go to a protest, you can sense and know when things are dwindling. Like you go to a protest, you can see where the energy is going, or you go out the next day and there's fewer people. And it sounded like everything was essentially dying down that it was like there were still people out on the streets but it was very it was peaceful it truly was peaceful and there were fewer and fewer people and then the federal police decided to basically kick a hornet's nest and start it all up again rather than sort of allowing yeah uh, some graffiti on a federal building to keep happening right, right? what was interesting was that uh, from what I was seeing, most of the uh, national right-wing press uh, attention was for about a month settled on Seattle and uh, the autonomous zone that they had over there. You had people being like, you know, they're occupying this, uh, you know, Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, this is the beginning of the leftist takeover. You know, Fox News talking point, Fox about News Chaz. talking point yeah. about Chaz or whatever they ended up Chow. calling Chop, uh, yeah, both great names, but uh, uh, the attention there wasn't even really national attention on what was going on in Portland, uh, and I'm wondering what changed, what made this, uh, you know, where where did the directive come from from the top? Little bitch Bill Barr. I mean, <laughs> back to Bill Barr. But like, does Bill Barr have like a cousin who was like living in Portland and like uh, like what? I'm wondering why it happened there first. And like, I would have expected it at CHOP uh, more so than in Portland. And so I am kind of wondering how. Well, they did. So, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through this really fast. So June 26th, uh, Trump issues this executive order about protecting monument because, you know, monument lives matter, right? Right. Bronze lives right. matter. Yeah. Bronze lives yeah. matter. Exactly. Um, I got a nice kind of bronze tan. You know, <laughs> exactly. You're like, I am bronze. <laughs> so he issues this executive order and Chad Wolf. And can I just say Chad Wolf? I mean, Chad Wolf sounds like this, like, Neo-Nazi terror cell of yeah. ins incels. <laughs> Chad Lone Wolf. Yeah. It's some upscale, like, Dallas suburb that was rejected by the Boogaloo Boys because they're not <laughs> old enough to drive. I mean, what the hell is Chad Wolf anyway? I saw Arun referred to Chad as Chud Wolf, and I definitely like that. That's a good good change, Arun. We, we watched Chud recently. Folks should watch Chud. It's it great. Part of our history, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. A young, a young John Goodman, you know, yeah. so definitely, definitely worth checking out. I haven't checked out the sequel, Bud to Chud, but mm. Chud is definitely uh, worth checking out. Or maybe it's Chuds, so I don't know. Um, yeah, it, makes, it makes sense. Oh, or Chud to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah electric, electric Boogaloo Boys. Holy shit. I'm putting the pieces yeah. together, man. I know, I know. Um, so 
Chud Wolf creates the monument guardians, you yeah. know. I mean, this is just like, you know, and then they create this thing called Operation Diligent Valor. And then there's like Operation Legend. I mean, ba basically, yeah. you, you know, tr Trump is just like this, you know, syphilitic, flatulent slug who, who just like, you know, belches out commands. And, and, and then all the, you know, little like workers ants who uh -huh. hoist his like you know uh, uh corpulent diseased body around scurry trying to like reverse engineer his whims to look like actual policies so you know this is this is what is going on so they create this monument guardian task force and they're drawing from like dhs from ice and border patrol and u.s marshals and coast guard and it's just like what the hell is a coast guard doing in, in you know the cities anyway and they include this militarized um, border patrol unit, BORTAC. People keep saying like, oh, it's like SWAT. No, they model themselves on the Navy SEALs. And there's mm -hmm. a recently good piece in The Guardian talking about how like they see anyone they oppose as an enemy combatant. Who, BORTAC? BORTAC, right? You know, I mean, it, it sounds, sounds like, like an extermination company. Sounds like Artac's brother from Never Ending Story. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Fight against the sadness, and then it just drowns. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and one of the, there's this uh, Border Patrol whistleblower, former Border Patrol agent, who she said they are the most violent and racist agency in law enforcement. We also get this, like, Homeland Security memo, which is like, uh, these dudes actually have no training in crowd control or riot control. They're, like, trained to take down, you know, El Chapo, you know. Right, yeah. Right. You know, so you're basically sending it's it is like, you know, uh, the Proud Boys, uh, the government Proud Boys, you know, um, to Portland to like commit, uh, you know, uh, random acts of violence and senseless terrorism. You know, it sounds like I mean, I'm trying to understand, you know, why people keep going out every night. You know, I think that's when you're not there, you're not from Portland, you don't know how the police have been protecting white supremacists for so long. I think you're helping contextualize that, yes, this is about George Floyd, it's about black lives, it is about ending police violence, but that it's also about ending the police protection of white nationalism that's been and these white militias that's been happening specifically in Oregon and Portland for so long. So it makes sense. You know, there's always that like, well, is this really about, you know, jo George Floyd anymore? And like, I know I'm not saying the protest should continue forever and ever. And there should constantly be like a a nightly standoff. I don't think that's necessarily productive, but I I'm trying to as an outsider understand empathize with the outrage, right? And and the fact that it's an entire city saying enough. So I, I think that's a really important question because I, I have all these liberals coming at me, asking me variations on that. And like, you know, and they're telling me like, you know, what needs to happen. And I'm like, I'm not the general of Antifa, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you have a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, I, I don't got like the circle A in my forehead. That's uh, true. Know, in the pentagram and uh, the <laughs> eight ball, you know, that uh, Stella Manuel says is uh, teaching kids uh, witchcraft. Uh -huh. uh, so, 
it's just like they're not gonna one, they're not gonna listen to me. Two, it's just like this is it's astonishing. It's a mass uprising. I mean, the the neighborhood where I'm staying in, there's like architects and school teachers and just like every yeah. you know, college. And the thing is, people are going out to peacefully protest and they're getting shot in the goddamn fucking head and face. There's a college professor at, at uh, Lewis and Clark history professor. She is shot in the, in the head. These, um, you know, just people are standing there and peacefully protesting. But I think the real issue is no one in this country, especially liberals have ever seen anything like this. And in Portland, they get it because, finally because of after years and so they don't understand the reality and this isn't a criticism it's the reality politics especially for upper middle class liberals is consumption right mm -hmm. it's about like what clothing you you wear what i what, have a feminist t-shirt on arun i feel I seen i feel, well, I feel outed that like nice rainbow on it, so you know you you pass, and you know, um, you know. Are, <laughs> but you know, I got, are are you a white presenting woman of color, like you know, naked Athena? And that question is directed at Matt. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt could definitely get away with uh, being full full fuck naked in front of uh, federal police. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh... actually, in fact, I could think of no other person to just. Just spread cheeks. Yeah, spread eagle on the ground. <laughs> roll out my my sack like a red carpet. Tell people. <laughs> so they call me Long Ball Lead. All right. Okay. Oh my god. So right, this so, question of like, when does it end? When? Where is? What's the? So point? here's the thing, folks have to understand that. I don't like um, using disease when talking about social movements, but I cover social movements on both the left and right. And fascism is a disease. It is going to spread unchecked, right? Yep. If, if you do not, you cannot just be like, oh, dope de do let's just go home and sit on, in our home. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this was the thing with the white nationalist militias. They were coming here to provoke violence. If no one showed up, they would go out and attack people. Mm -hmm. And what, what they also do is they're instigators of stochastic terrorism. And and what's it? So this is what like you know ISIS does, where it it calls for attacks, and it's not directing individual people, but it's trying to incite people. So these lone Chad wolves, then you know, <laughs> so Chad. they're <laughs> they're they're not really lone Chud wolves, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, because they're incited, and this is what. Trump, Donald Trump is an instigator of stochastic terrorism, yeah. right? Uh, Caesar Sayoc, the MAGA bomber, Robert Bowers, the guy who went into the Tree of Life synagogue, ranting about refugee caravans coming in when in um, October 2018, when Trump was making this the central issue. Yeah. Uh, Pat Patrick Crugius, the guy who killed like 20-something uh, Hispanic people at the El Paso, his manifesto sounds like a Trump campaign yes. rally. I yeah. can, and I Not can, to mention, 
all of, I mean, I, I saw you uh, tweeted an article about this and I think everyone should remember and read this. The over, I think it's something like 75 um, attacks on BLM protesters by cars that have happened in these months, right? And some of them deliberate. I mean, all of them essentially deliberate, whether they were armed and got out and started shooting, like what happened in Austin, um, or they were just yeah. like, I think this person, I think these protesters deserve to be run into. And of course, it's all reminiscent of Unite the Right and the killing of Heather Heyer. And this is my thing. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna have to go off. Like, I sit, we sit there and we listen to lawmaker after lawmaker on the right, on the Republican side, ask Bill Barr about the lawlessness in supposedly Portland and not one single police officer or white supremacist has been killed. No one has been killed. And yet on the other side, how many people have been killed from white supremacist violence and terrorism? So many. And just in these months alone. Yeah. And if we're lumping in the police with them, which hell, let's do it, then God, your numbers go up even higher. So it's like you there is no moral equivalence here. There is no um uh it is just a, it's completely false to to say that Antifa has blood on their hands when they clearly do not. Yeah. At worst, they have like a little bit of milkshake on their hands from throwing it at a cop's face. <laughs> it's all white cloth. Yeah. 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 No, of, of course, you don't you don't see um, the Justice Department going after. It. In fact, you see the exact opposite where Republicans at the state level have introduced bills to actually indemnify uh, people from uh, running over protesters with vehicles. You've seen all these cops, uh, uh, you know, so many times share uh, memes of like uh, pickup trucks running over people and saying all lives splatter. You know, it's it's just like they are actually in, you have one side who's actually encouraging terrorism yeah. and this, this state is encouraging terrorism. But the, the point is people are turning out because they are forced to, to turn out, right? It doesn't – so what happened in Portland is these first uh, far-right rallies um, incited this neo-Nazi. This guy, Jeremy Christian, shows up at one of these Patriot prayer, first Patriot Prayer rallies in April 2017. He's caught on film doing Zeke Heil yelling, die Muslims die – Weeks later, uh, he is uh, verbally threatening uh, two women of color, one of whom who is Muslim, on a public train. Right. Three white men come to their defense. He murders two of them, right? So this is the thing. You cannot, and people have finally, the liberals have finally gotten it, which is good, but it's, it's sad that this is what it eventually has taken, that you cannot hide. Yeah. Right. Because it, the last point. So if if you just sit in your house, then, you know, six months or a year later, are is your are you or your daughter going to be able to go to the clinic to, for reproductive health? You know, are you going to be able to go vote and ensure your vote is going to be counted and uh, that it matters? You know, the, they will keep extending this authoritarian violence. And so people now understand, and it's just like, basically you now have a city of anti-fascists. That's, that's great. I mean, in some ways, 
I have, oh God, this is such a great conversation, Arun. I have so many thoughts and questions. And I, I just, one thought I have, I absolutely agree with you that if we don't exercise our freedom, it will be gone. And I think a lot of folks are galvanized when they finally do take the streets because they realize that they're, they're, they were literally on a sidewalk with a sign and they got brutalized. You know, I've, I've been there and I'm like, oh man, not again, you know, <laughs> but like, you're, you know, you don't know how little freedom you have as an American until you try to use it. And you don't understand that we live in a police state until you try to actually say something that, that is minimally critical of the police. I just, I come back to, we will lose the violence game. Like Antifa, no matter what, I mean, I, I don't believe in getting, you know, bigger weapons, but even if we did, they're not there. We can't, we don't have the non-lethal munitions, the tanks, the shields, everything. Like it's always a losing game. And so that to me is what Americans are faced with, which is, okay, we will always lose to the authoritarian's violence. What do we do? You know what I mean? And and obviously we there is militant nonviolence. I too, definitely believe in that. I believe in numbers. I believe in overwhelm. We've seen that work throughout time, right? From the civil rights movement to anti-colonial struggles, the ways that a mass number of, of people acting together in nonviolence actually over and over and over and over again, over a sustained period of time will win. And it's a fucking slog. I'm just like, I feel like so much of our uh, fatalism is very much, well, we gotta, we gotta arm up or we gotta fight back. And it's like, you're gonna lose that game. So can I, I just point out again, that's a, a really important point because I think what's getting lost is we, we so part of the issue with, with, with what's going on in Portland is one, you have the police is committing this horrific violence that sets the stage for the feds to, to come in. Two, the Portland police are cooperating um, with the feds in the ongoing violence now. Even though the city council has banned them, the p police are like, yeah, fuck you. How many guns do you have, city council? Mm -hmm. and, and so we have these out of control police departments. But three, and you know, going to get all Marxist on you. This is part of the dialectic. So you have the material aid that the police and the, the mayor, Tear Gas Teddy, let's not forget Tear Gas Teddy Wheeler is a police commissioner and he has been endorsing and supporting all this violence. And he goes out for a photo op to get tear gas and like, oh, boo, -hoo -hoo. Uh, look at me, I'm getting tear gas, even though his pigs have been tear gassing people for well over a month. But the, part of the dialectic, material and ideological. So Wheeler and the police have been painting these protests as violent, as criminal, you know, as anarchists. And anarchist does not mean violent, thank you very much, for well Absolutely. over a month uh, before the Fed showed up. And the ACLU, and this is very important, it is overwhelmingly nonviolent. It is peaceful, people peacefully resisting. And they people also don't know their own history. Like I have this like college friend, again, one of these liberals who thinks I'm the general of Antifa, and he's a medical doctor. And he's like, they need to just engage in Gandhi and nonviolence. And I'm like, you know what? Just shut the fuck up because <laughs> they are, that's precisely what they are doing. Yeah. You also don't understand the fucking Indian independence movement or the civil rights movement because it's always a mix of tactics. Yep. You 
you cannot control everyone. This is not, you know, you are the queen bee and you just send out your pheromones and everyone, you know, like uh, does a yoga pose in the street and goes, non-violence, non-violence. You know, that's not how <laughs> it fucking works, okay? No, it's, all, it's, yeah. We can't all spread our, our butt cheeks and put our asshole to the street, you know? <laughs> Oh, and no one, and what's remarkable is no one, and it's just like, look, I I was out a few nights ago, I'm watching these, these federal, like, military, like, shooting munitions directly at people's heads, a, a good friend of mine, this, he caught on tape, I, I tweeted it out, this munition coming straight at his face, and it hits his camera, wow. okay, so they are trying to kill people who are peacefully- Targeting media. And, and potentially targeting people documenting. There's all these journalists who have, there was a nat, uh, National Geographic photographer who his, his posts have gone viral. He showed like his gas mask, the munition went straight through it. Wow. Right? So people are not coming out to battle. They're coming out to defend themselves. Sure, are fireworks being thrown over? Is some crap being thrown over? Whatever, it's minor. Yeah. And you saw this stuff in India. There was guerrilla movements in India killing Brits. People don't know this shit, right? There's yeah. also all the stories about, like, you know, um, in the 50s, people visiting Martin Luther King, and his home was like an arsenal, right? Yeah. There was also, I forget the name of the Black Defenders. That was a precursor to the Black Panther Party. So it's always a mix of tactics. Don't be like, oh, it, it's all nonviolent. But it's like 98% of it is peaceful protesting and no. they are people they're getting shot in the head yes and i think that i think that there is something i think when you're on the street and when you understand what militant nonviolence is what direct action is what civil disobedience is you understand it is it is not violence it is militancy and there is a difference um and once again there is no blood on these anti-fascists, and by the way, let's just give them call them by their Christian name or their Muslim name, which is anti-fascist. Because <laughs> I heard a Republican lawmaker, I don't remember which one, they really all blend together, and he was like, "These Antifa fascist totalitarian." It's like, okay, get it, time out, buddy, time out. Yeah, Antifa fascist. Yeah, that's like saying, yeah. you know, just like slut virgin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work you can't wow you know any <laughs> i mean they're they're all born again it is possible i was a slut virgin for a long long time I just <laughs> point that out. it just means you find really creative ways to get yourself off <laughs> oh my god okay um, um I, arun i mean i think what i've learned from what you're saying also is that actually a whole city has been galvanized now Federal police and Customs and Border Patrol and Marshals and BORTAC are being sent to Chicago and to Albuquerque and to Milwaukee. What do you think these cities have in store for them? Um, and like now that they're pivoting to, hey, we've tested it on Portland. Now let's go after specifically communities of color, yeah. black people, brown people. And um, under the guise of fighting crime, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, you know, the Albuquerque one is interesting in particular because I just um, wrote a couple of pieces in the Raw Story last month about this Trump alternate delegate, uh, Stephen Baca, um, who is also part of the Tea Party leadership, who he shot and seriously wounded a protester when they were trying to take down this uh, statue of Juan de Ornata, this like horrific genocidal con Kisador, who is the founder, right? So there's actually, I started documenting these cases of like Trump campaign volunteers, Trump supporters who were engaging in violence. This guy in Omaha, Nebraska, um, who killed a young black man uh, early on, I was a Trump uh, campaign volunteer in, in 2016. Uh, the, the guy who... Uh, uh, drove his tractor trailer into thousands of protesters in Minneapolis on the highway, which could have been a horrific massacre, um, uh, was donated to the Trump campaign. Imagine if they were like Biden supporters, oh, like God. out there, like a Biden delegates shooting and killing people. I mean, you would you would have like. Uh, Bill Barr already dragging, you know, uh, arresting Biden and and uh, dragging him off to Guantanamo. So mm -hmm. this this is part of the whole like uh, topsy turvy uh, nature of the situation. And I forgot your question. Oh, I was just saying, like, what do you think about this ex expanding to these other cities? Right, right. You know, so I mean, it's 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 interesting. You know, it's with, with Trump again. It's just like. So I'm talking to folks in Albuquerque, you know, um, uh, because I'm familiar with the organizing there. And what they hear is like, no one's even supposed to show up until August. Um, and, you know, th these federal uh, police forces and that they're supposed to be like doing this, like fighting crime with, uh, I keep getting weird camera stuff. Um, yeah, it's uh, like fighting. a J.J. Abrams movie. <laughs> the sun flare is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um and and so i so no one is supposed to is sure what exactly is happening right this is like a trump where like you know it's just like it's just like we we got the best test they're beautiful anyone yeah. can edit test you know just because he says it doesn't mean it's true in fact right. because he says it it's likely not true no one knows what it's going to look like until it actually happens on the ground when they sent them to portland they actually sent them to four different places right they sent them portland seattle dc and gettysburg mm -hmm. um because uh july 4th was a uh, chud stock uh you had all these like <laughs> of bikers for Trumps and white nationalists coming out to defend Gettysburg because they heard that busloads of Antifa are going to come here and burn This is one of the best stories of the of the year <laughs> thus far. I, I missed it. So a bunch of people came to Gettysburg? It was this like yeah, it was Chudstock. I mean, you know, it was it it was it was, it was all like, you know, brood aftershave and uh, guys in Oakley's in their pickup trucks and uh, they all roll around in the mud together. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, they all are like stroking their magazines, <laughs> you know? Uh, um, and, you know, it's, it just was, and there was a good uh, uh, Washington Post report on it because, like, this one uh, African American man, like a minister, shows up because he has a relative who's buried there, and all these chuds are like fucking harassing him and pushing him around, and he's just like, 
I was just coming to pay respect to my ancestors, you well, know. Because the, the the story is is that no one showed up. It was it was just a completely like this, I don't know, it was a Facebook post. Yeah, this who is, knows? Maybe it was the Russians. We don't know, but it was just like a we're gonna to go to Gettysburg and tear down monuments, blah blah blah. Chudstock happens yeah. and they just are like, I don't know, uh, let's harass this person. Yeah, this has happened a few times with uh fake posts uh where everyone uh thinks Antifa is about to take over their town. So then everyone, all the chuds like march and wear like, you know, uh, the, like ancient uh, battle shields and stuff. They're like, we're ready to fight Antifa and no one shows up. And so they just look like a bunch of losers that they are. It's a, uh, it's a fun troll. I mean, basically there's, there's, there's some like law, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe it's like Newton's fourth law of thermodynamics like the whiter the area the the more stupid white men with with bigger guns show up because in care yeah. lane i mean care lane is like whiter than a clan rally <laughs> you, you had like hundreds of these chuds show up because antifa's coming to town you know and the guns they showed up with it's just like holy fucking shit it's just like there are pictures of like this guy with this massive assault rifle rifle it's it's so big it has one of those tripods on right. front and he's got like a banana clip you know the the size of like a goddamn banana tree even and his it, even his uh his stand-in dick has a dick right <laughs> <laughs> he, put, he put truck nuts on his fucking gun <laughs> um arun i just want to say there's something really important that i wanted to ask you about and it has to do with another passion of yours which is cooking uh I think you need to tell us all about riot ribs and your thoughts. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, here, here's the thing: like, um, oi, I, are they it, good? Are they just not that good of ribs? Well, no, the whole thing collapsed in a shit show. Oh, uh, because fighting. It's it's infighting and performative wokeness. And I mean, this is a thing that kind of Portlandia does get right about Portland. It, it's this like painful, like really, it's not just a self-parody. It's really self-destructed. The wall of moms has imploded. Uh, oh, no. Were they, did someone like bring up vaccines or something? <laughs> no, it's just like these accusations of anti-blackness. And, and you know, just like, you know, let me let me say something since you know we're 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 all uh, uh, people of color here. Um, you know, uh, you know. I mean, hey, you're, you're, you're well, you're a Jew. You're you're like the original race race mixers. You, yeah, you're you're, you're you're like DJ uh, uh, race mix mix. Yeah, yeah. We like were that. just hey, race we, mix. We, it's we, the funniest <laughs> troll. Yeah. Like I want to set up a like a fake event with a DJ named DJ. Race mix. Yeah. <laughs> Get all the white nationalists to come out. I just, I just keep uh, playing songs by like Elvis and uh, <laughs> and then also Public Enemy uh, and Donny Osmond albums with hip hop beats. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Public Elvis. I think Public that's Elvis. A, that's a mashup that needs to happen. Mm. You know, like burn Tennessee, burn. You know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, I, was, I just want to say, Jews, we were subverting the white race before everyone else was. Way before it was cool. So way before it was cool, right? Yeah. So there's this real problem of you know, politics is not identity, and that yeah. is a huge problem in Portland because it's so white. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's there's 38,000 African Americans in all of Portland. There are neighborhoods in Brooklyn that have like Bed-Stuy probably has more African Americans. There's like a million African Americans in Brooklyn alone, right? So this creates a real problem where people will follow whatever black leader and there's some great you know black political leaders out here there's people who are good speakers but being a good speaker doesn't make you a good organizer you know then there are people who are crappy organizer and then there are also a couple of grifters you know Uh, you know so and what what happens is like and the mayor is playing this shit as well. So he is is putting forward these like black voices, you know, that he's he's saying, sorry, I keep moving this around because of yeah, it's just the weird JJ Abrams is fucking with me. <laughs> um so he keeps putting forward these black voices. Like the the former leader of the NAACP had an uh, uh, op-ed in the Washington Post, and no one pays fucking attention to him, even though he's black. Um, and it's just like, oh, they're hijacking the rally. Well, tell that to all the black uh, uh, young folk who are out at the rally night after night after night confronting the cops. Right. You know, I read that. And so what happened with like riot ribs is it's it's not exactly clear, but there was this infighting and this guy um, who's apparently violent and a sexual abuser, like f- violently forced everyone out and took it over um, the wall oh, of mom, the wall of moms. Um, you know, and this is public record, so I'll say it outright. This group called Don't Shoot Portland that everyone looks to the founder of it, um, once she accused uh, Joanne Hardesty, the only black woman who's up, she's a city council commissioner, the first black woman ever elected to city council. She was elected on a, pl- a platform of uh, police reform. That has been her sole, her, her one driving issue. And the founder of Don't Shoot Portland accused her of being a cop. She cop jacketed her, oh, wow. which is... And the the founder also um, a few years ago disrupted and hijacked an immigrant rights march that put undocumented immigrants at risk. And when organizers confronted her saying that, she was like, I don't care. Right. Wow. So there are, let's just say, poor actors as well. And chasing after every person just because they're black is a fucking form of racism. It's tokenizing. Yeah. It's racism. Okay. You need to follow leaders who are good leaders, who are strategic, who know how to organize, who know how to lead the movement, not just because they're goddamn black. That doesn't yeah. make them a good leader. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I, it, I, I I completely agree with you. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, six percent of the population is black. What are you gonna do? You gotta like, like if you're only gonna follow black people, then you have to like get them out of their homes. And be like, hey, could you come out here so I can follow you and what the, you're doing? Like, it's the ultimate it's tokenization weird, to yeah. uh, to um, be deferring to a complete stranger whose politics you don't know and or are maybe questionable with a questionable history and being like ah but you know what i'm still going to defer to you no matter the paper trail of like bad deeds and you know bad faith actions that have like been divisive in in the organizing community Arun, do you feel like there are some good organizations that you would lift up and that you are that are black led or that are you know grassroots that have been doing uh, good things? 
there's this. I know there's this one woman who a, a young activist, Lilith Sinclair, who people speak really highly of, um, and a lot of people, you know, are looking to her. And and um, I can't remember the name of her organization uh, in particular. Um, but you know, yes, there 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 are leaders. And I, but I think the most important thing, and this is something, you know, I think both coming out of the global justice movement, where you know both of us did and and then occupy wall street it's just like you don't make excuses for organizing with people who you trust and respect mm. you, of course you listen to other people you take seriously what they say especially if they come from historically oppressed communities but you just don't hand over the keys to your organizing project to anyone who comes and browbeat you and and uh guilt trips you yeah you know it's the dumbest thing in the world because if they're trying to take over your project, that right there is evidence that this may not be a good faith actor. Right. And also there's like a, there's a tendency to, um, I think, call uh, just kind of like throw around like what you say, cop jacket, like just call someone an op uh, because it's, it's almost like it's, sort of it's not a cancel it's not canceling someone quote unquote but it's like uh immediately throwing something into question and i've noticed that we throw around up a lot for things that are kind of uh for people and organizations that are gaining a little bit of mainstream popularity right and it's a way of shooting yourself in the foot i think uh, it, when it comes to building a mass movement on yeah. a small scale there's a really great uh twitter meme account called accidentally left wing and it grew exponentially it's like all these like screenshots of like oh what's next free you know if we make the coronavirus cure free what's next a free chemotherapy and it's like accidentally <laughs> left wing. And it's, it's a great account it got big real fast and then there was a, a counter thread uh, where someone was like no left uh uh group uh or meme account accidentally gets 400,000 followers in a week and then everyone's like yeah that account is there it's an op and i'm like it's not an op it's just popular we can <laughs> we can have things that are nice what what, what would op. even be the subversive purpose of that being an op like i, exactly. I don't know if it's an op it's working right like the grift to me is what sell t-shirts it's like in general the <laughs> the, the the i feel like Anytime someone says something is an op that is a left-wing thing that is gaining movement, uh, like uh, popularity, I'm like, you're an op. Exactly. It's like, is it an op? Or maybe we're just winning. Yeah. Maybe we're just yeah. doing a good job. We're winning hearts and minds. I, I, the ribs thing was that there was a thing called Riot Ribs where people would get free food and specifically a bunch of ribs. So it's sad that that um, uh, was that it went down the way it went down. But... Arun, I don't know. Give us, give us a lighthearted, uh, sort of foodie, foodie outro before we end this podcast. I don't know. What can we say? <laughs> say something uh, about food. Say something about uh, food that's nice. I so I I have not had one bit of food that's been prepared out of the home in more than wow. four months. Wow. Nope. No, no, and, and, so, and so Francesca knows this. I'm I'm actually a, a trained in classical French cuisine. Um, oh. I used to professionally in New York City. Um, I've not been to a restaurant. No prepared foods. No delivered foods in over four months. And yeah, like I've had the occasional Raymond pasta noodle 
bowl sure. thing. Um, I have never eaten better in my life. Um, I am just making all sorts of stuff from scratch, you know, like, you know, traditional. What's the thing you're most proud of? Um, Italian ragu. I made this insane beef bourguignon oh. where... Um, where I, I got the idea from, because I'll look at like- Julie you know, and Julia, I, obviously. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Because it, it's like being a musician where you can read uh, sheet music like and like see how to adapt it. Right. So I'll, I'll look at like 20 different recipes. I know how to read recipes and see what's wrong and what could potentially work. So I made it with the traditional whatever, the beef chuck, but mm. I got an idea from another recipe to add oxtails. And because mm. oxtails are really gelatinous and so, and it was just so insanely rich and, and delicious. But I've also been making my own tortillas. Um, oh my God. Tortillas de arena. So from flour, uh, because oh wow, I, I, that's because uh, I, uh, Michelle and I, my partner, we went down to uh, um, the U.S. Mexico border earlier this year to report on the massive. Uh, there are all these massive refugee camps on the border, yeah. and so we were in Brownsville, Texas, which is like ninety-five percent Mexican American, and we had delicious food there, including homemade tortillas. Um, and I'm like, they can't be that hard to make. And so I've been making, if I want tortillas, I'm like, I'm not buying them, I'm making them. And so basically, if I want it, I have to make it. Like, it's a little bit of pain in the ass, but if I want Thai curry, I have to make it. If I want Korean food, I have to make it. If I want something sweet, I've been making cookies and cakes and pies and oh. breads, and it's just God like, damn it. I've actually- Why can't you be like a rune? I can only make cookies. I've actually yeah. never been eating better, not healthier, but yeah. better food in my life, even though the fact I haven't been into a, a restaurant once. Um, that's inspiring as hell. I uh, I find myself falling into the same three stew pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Matt eats chili and he doesn't mind my chili, but it's great chili. That's good inspiration. I'm a vegetarian now. Um, Arun, a lot has changed since you last we last hung out. It's one of the reasons why uh, home cooked meals. You know, it's like we 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 have to work with what we got, and a lot of it is not meat. Yeah, and I know how to I know how to cook a chicken breast, but sh you know, more more for more for me, and you know, uh, yeah. hey, you know, and, and when it gets to a certain point, okay, you guys know Mike Davis. I'm sure you like Mike yeah. Davis. Right, you know, late Victorian holocausts. It's this like, this is this is about these famines in in uh, China and India, and it's, it's it's one of these sweeping Mike Davis works where he's it's all about climate and history and you know just um, anthropology. But at one point in and so these and I'm I'm like Holocaust is that's kind of overblown. Actually, Holocaust doesn't get at it by. Um, the estimates range from 30 to 150 million dead. And these, wow. and this was like famines that were caused and exacerbated by British imperial policy. So at one point in China, things get so bad that like there's these accounts of like travelers are being ambushed and eaten, husbands eating wives, wives Ooh. eating uh, uh, husbands. Um, and it's just like, it's one of those things that just kind of sticks in your brain and it's just like, oh, that like parents couldn't bring themselves to eat their own children, so they would trade them with other parents. Oh, that's smart. 
I mean, and terrible and horrible. Oh but, I, but it's a smart way to get around it. Like, no, no, no. You eat my kid, uh, oh, I, I eat your kid. Oh, Jimmy yeah. was so delicious. That'd be like, yeah. you know, Jimmy was a really nice boy, really sweet, <laughs> sweet boy. I had a lot of sugar, but. So, you know, you say you're vegetarian now, but, uh, you know, COVID a few more months. You know, oh, and, my God. Uh, Arun Gupta, follow him on Twitter. Uh, look it up his work and his writing uh, from The Intercept, from The Daily Beast, from Raw Story, from Washington Post. He's a he's he's a gem. Thank you so much for joining us, Arun. Thank you. Be be oh. very well. Stay safe. Om Shanti. I'm going to essentialize myself because you know. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Namaste. And bye. Aloha. Sayonara. Aloha. Sayonara, Arun. And thank you all for watching, you guys. You've been just the best. Uh, thanks for being here on this uh, very short announced bonus episode. I learned a lot. I learned a whole lot. Um, and I, think, I learned about wobblies. Yeah. Wobblies. Look them up. And thank you guys. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye.